<laughs> oh god damn <laughs> Good morning, jesters and jestettes. I hope you're doing well. Well well Amazing. I hope you're doing amazing. Fuck being well. I hope you're doing amazing. <laughs> oh god damn. So yesterday was the twentieth. I I've come up with a new schedule for uh this morning's show, because, man, I get so high in sessions with a gesture that I just, I can't edit it that night after, because, whoo, I fuck shit up, I learned that mistake, so, I'm going to do, uh, getting high with the gesture, Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, because Wednesday is, I'm just, Wednesday morning I have to edit my sessions with the jester because whoo can't do it when I get home. I'm way too fucked up. Way I get way too high. Wooey. So today is January twenty first. Yesterday was the inauguration of uh, a lame ass Joe. <laughs> lame ass Joe Biden. Man, it's, it's just, you know what, it is what it is, but I don't, I don't, with the my pillow guy, hopefully, this is far from over, because I do believe this republic was just stolen from you, by the DNC and Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton's a cunt bag, who doesn't, who deserves to be just fucking trampled. <laughs> That's kind of rude. But shit, she's she's a fucking horrible person, man. But what are we doing talking about politics, man? We're fucking here. We're getting high. We, we're going to be happy. Because today is a beautiful, beautiful fucking day. But other than that, man, my parents are looking to move out, move away. Not too, not super far away. They're only moving out an hour away. But soon I got to get this shit up and going so I can, so I can get the shit I need. Like a vehicle. Ha <laughs> ha. But hey, everything in due time. Because if I had... You know what? No, fuck it. No ifs, ands, maybes, or buts. When, motherfucker? When? When, 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 when? When this happens, when that happens. Not if, but when. Ah, uh, man. This life is good, man. I got so much shit going on right now. Everything's positive, man. Speaking of positivity, just be positive. <laughs> that was that was a lame-ass segue, wasn't it? It sure was, fool. But it's okay, because I actually have an interesting article here that I found in my uh, <coughs> Google News feed. The title of this one is, Humans could move to this floating asteroid belt colony in the next 15 years. 
astrophysicists say. Wait a minute. The asteroid belt, isn't that like on the other side of Mars? So, I think it'll take like at least seven years to get there. Uh -huh. <clears throat> Should we build a mega satellite of human habitats around the dwarf planet Ceres? It's more plausible than it sounds. Now, more than ever, space agencies and starry-eyed billionaires have their minds fixed on finding a new home for humanity beyond Earth's orbit. Mars is an obvious candidate, given its relatively close proximity, 24-hour day-night cycle, and CO2-rich atmosphere. However, there's a school of space-faring thought that suggests colonizing the surface of another planet, any planet, is more trouble than it's worth. What do you think? Y'all think that it's more trouble than it's worth? I don't know. Honestly, uh, I've been listening to Mr. Ben Davidson from Suspicious Observer from the Suspicious Observers uh, community, and uh, he seems to uh, be. Uh, well, he seen. He pointed out a cycle. A catastrophe cycle here on Earth about every ten thousand years, every twelve thousand. I I forget the numbers. I'm not that big on memory, huh? But um, he's but but everything's kind of lining up right now. The way this shit's going on, man. I mean, we're having glitches in the in the daily rotation of the planet. Um, where our my, if I could talk, our north and south poles are migrating. They are moving, moving. Well, I, I don't know much about the south pole. I know the north pole is moving, which, by all laws of nature, means the south pole is also moving. They like they like the magnetic south pole. In the magnetic North Pole. And that happening is causing our magnetosphere, which protects us from a lot of the sun's damaging rays and uh, just energetic particles. Um, but that's kind of uh, depleting, becoming weaker. And with the uh, solar... This uh, solar, what is that called? The sun, this, this, that solar matter. There's. <laughs> Welcome to the Jester family. Forty-two degrees and sunny. Smoking deals on smoking accessories. Located at Fifty Chautauqua Avenue in Lakewood, New York, or. At 42degreesandsunny.com. There's active uh, uh, periods of the sun and active periods of the sun. We are ramping up into an active period of the sun, which means that there are going to be flinging uh, 
they? <laughs> they, the people who live on the sun, because they're assholes. <laughs> Could you imagine if there were a race of people who lived on the sun? Like, they'd just be made of fire, man. <laughs> That maybe maybe that's next uh, the sci-fi movie. I sh maybe I should get into is the the race of uh, living things of the on the sun. That would you know what that's kind of a peculiar idea. Hey, I give you all permission out there to take that idea because shit. Just give me credit. Say the jester told me to do this shit. The jester suggested that I make up a movie about the people who live on the sun. But it's okay. Let's finish this article. Now, a new paper published January 6th, date to preprint database, what? Offers a creative counterproposal. Ditch the red planet and build a gargantuan floating habitat around the dwarf planet series instead. In the paper, which has not yet been peer-reviewed, see, peer review is a fucking joke. It's a fucking joke. I don't give a fuck if shit has been peer-reviewed. It's a fucking joke. You, no one should take that shit seriously. <clears throat> I'm not just. I've I've seen reports. I've seen. I've seen this. I I've seen shit that I know. That this goddamn peer review system is horse shit. So fuck, who cares if it's been peer reviewed? Now granted, the idea of being peer reviewed is a good idea. Because you come up with an idea, you give it to your equals to have them poke holes in it. And if they can't poke holes in it, you're a fucking genius and you got that shit going for you. Oh, excuse me, but... However the peer-reviewed system works now, it's all because of these woke politics and all that horse shit. It's, it's all a fucking joke, man. So, in the paper, which has not yet been peer-reviewed, astrophysicist Pekka Janhunen of the Finnish Meteorological Institute in Helsinki described his version of a mega-satellite of thousands of cylindrical spacecrafts all linked together inside a disc-shaped frame that permanently orbits Ceres, the largest object in the asteroid belt. Between Mars and Jupiter, each, oh, the largest object in the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter. So yes, the asteroid belt is on the other side of Mars, so it should take about seven years to get there. The largest object in the asteroid belt. Oh, I fuck. Stop reading that shit. Each of these cylindrical habitats could accommodate upwards of fifty thousand people, support an artificial atmosphere, and generate an Earth-like gravity through the centrifugal force of its own rotation. John Hoonin wrote this general idea, first proposed in the nineteen seventies, is known as an O'Neill Cylinder. But why Ceres? Its average distance from Earth is comparable to that of Mars. So, six years. Huh? 
John Hoonan wrote, making travel relatively easy. But the dwarf planet also has a big elemental advantage. Ceres is rich in nitrogen, which would be crucial in developing the orbiting settlement's atmosphere. Yes, but how would you harvest this nitrogen? That would be the next step to do. I'm not saying it's impossible. Shit, nothing is impossible. But, like I said, this is it has to be steps. You have to figure out how to... How to, uh... Harvest that hydrogen. Weirdo. Um... Ceres has a radius roughly one-thirteenth that of Earth. Settlers could utilize space elevators to transform raw materials from the planet directly up to their orbiting habitats. Oh, so they... It sounds like they have an idea of how to harvest it. This orbital lifestyle would also address one of the biggest caveats John Hoonan sees in the ideas of Martian surface colony, the health impacts of low gravity. My concern is that children on a Mars settlement would not develop to healthy adults in terms of muscles and bones due to low Martian gravity. John Hoonan told Live Science in an email. Therefore, I searched for an alternative that would provide Earth-like gravity, but also an interconnected world. Even so, Jan Hoonan's proposal comes with its own caveats that could work against a successful serious colony, an outside researcher pointed out. Um... <clears throat> According to Jan Hoonan's proposal, each cylinder of the Ceres megasatellite would produce its own gravity through rotation. Each cylinder... Our cash app is The Promoting Jester. So if you have the cash app and want to help support our show... Cylindrical habitat would measure about 6.2 miles, 10 kilometers long. Have a radius of 0 0.06 miles and complete and complete a full rotation every 66 seconds to generate the centrifugal force needed to simulate Earth's Earth-like gravity. A single cylinder, what is going on here, buddy? A single cylinder could comfortably hold about 57,000 people. Jan Hoonan said, and would be held in place next to its neighboring cylinders through powerful magnets, like those used in magnetic levitation. That interconnectedness points to the other big advantage of megasatellite living. Jan Hoonan said, new habitat cylinders could be added onto the edge of the colony, indefinitely allowing for near unlimited expansion. Mars's surface area is smaller than Earth's, and consequently it cannot provide room for significant population and economic expansion, Jan Hoonan said, or Jan Hoonan told Life Science. A serious colony, on the other hand, is growable from one to millions of habitats. Beyond the cylinders of their massive disk frame, the colony's main features will be two enormous glass mirrors angled at 45 degrees relative to the disks in order to reflect just enough natural sunlight into each habitat. 
Part of each cylinder will be devoted to growing crops and trees planted in five foot thick, one and a half meters bed of soil derived from raw materials from series. Jan Hoonan wrote, oh, Jan Hoonan wrote that. That's weird. The natural sunlight should keep them growing strong. The urban part of each cylinder, meanwhile, would rely on artificial light to simulate an Earth-like day-night cycle. Jan Hoonan does not stipulate where the sediment's oxygen comes from. This society of floating, cylindrical utopias may sound a bit outlandish, but it has its proponents. In 2019, Jeff Bezos, Amazon CEO and founder of the private space company Blue Origin, spoke at at a Washington, D.C. event about the merits of building O'Neill colonies, similar to the one Jan Hoonan describes here. Bezos was skeptical that such a colony could exist in our lifetime. Asking the audience, how are we going to build O'Neill colonies? I don't know, and no one in this room knows. Well, that's what Space Force is for. That's what motherfucking Space Force is for. Stop wars. Start sending kids to space to learn how to build these fuckers. I think that would be the the most excellent idea. Let's smoke a bogey. Woo! So, January 21st, 2021. Let's see what happened (coughs) in history on today. So let's thank the Good News Network for uh, helping us out with this. Good News in History. January 21st. A hundred... Jesus Christ. A hundred years ago today, Agatha Christie's first novel was published in the UK. The Mysterious Affair at Styles. The book introduced the character of Hercule Poirot? I, I... A bombastic Belgian detective who was one of the British crime writer's most Famous and long-running characters appearing in 33 novels, two plays, and more than 50 short stories. Crazy bastard! Inspector Pierrot last appeared in Curtain Pierrot's... Oh, in Curtain Pierrot's last case. Published in 1975, and with that end, Pierrot became the only fictional character to receive an obituary on the front page of the New York Times. God damn it, where was his funeral? For decades, Agatha Christie found the character to be insufferable and detestable, yet the public loved him, so she refused to kill him off. She believed it was her duty to produce what the public liked. In fact, on the famous ITN television series, the actor David Suchet portrayed Porois. Huh, I don't even know how to parrot. I don't even know how to fucking say this dude's name. <laughs> and his death in the final week was too much for the public who loved him. 
and is the least watched episode with some refusing to view it. Wasn't that some weird shit, yo? Albania declared itself a republic on January 21st, 1925. Operatic tenor Placido Domingo, one of the famous trio known as the Three Tenors, turns 80 today. He was born in 1941 on January 21st. U.S. President Jimmy Carter pardoned nearly all American Vietnam War draft evaders, some of whom had emigrated to Canada in 1975, or I'm sorry, 1977. Uh, I, I would, yes, yes, I would agree with that, because Vietnam War was a fucking disaster. We should have never been there. So, yeah, good fucking call, buddy. Pope John Paul II began his first visit to Cuba in 1998 on January 21st. A 72-year-old hardware store was inundated with customers when a grassroots cash mob delivered a boost to the local family-owned Ohio business. That was in 2012. The Women's March for Civil Rights drew more than a million marchers in D.C. and around the U.S. in 2017. The woman for civil oh for civil rights. Wait 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 wait. The women women's march. So does that mean the women were marching for civil rights because they don't feel they had any? What the fuck is this goddamn bullshit? Get over yourself, man. <clears throat> 106 years ago today, the Kiwanis Club was formed in Detroit, Michigan as a networking group for young professional businessmen, but it turned into so much more. Today, Kiwanis International is in 96 nations with 550,000 members who dedicate themselves to serving children and improving the world. Fuck yeah! Joey Prance... A tailor was the first businessman to say yes to the idea conceived by organizer Alan S. Brown. These days, Kiwanis Clubs host nearly 150,000 creative service projects each year, each year, raising more than $100 million annually to support community causes and the Kiwanis Children's Fund, which fights poverty, improves literacy, and offers mentoring. So Kiwanis Club started in 1915. 35 years ago today, the first National Hugging Day was celebrated, founded by a minister and social services worker in Michigan. National Hug Day! So that makes today National Hug Day. Uh, January 21st is National Hug Day. So go fucking hug somebody, man. Make sure they're accepting of that hug, though. Don't just uh, hug rape somebody. <laughs> That's that would be bad. Hug raping is bad. Oh, excuse me. The Hugging Day website, named most huggable in 2006, Jana Doolittle of Cleo, Michigan, a third grade teacher at Carter Elementary who asks her class daily, "Does anyone need a hug today?" 
Well, good. Good shit. And happy birthday to the smart and sporty actress Gina Davis, who turned 65 today. Wow. She's getting old. Well, Gina Davis has been around for a minute. She was most known for her uh, roles in Thelma and Louise, A League of Their Own, and Exile Tourist. Uh, she's just, she's been all around, baby. And on this day in 1968, Jimi Hendrix recorded his version of the Bob Dylan song, All Along the Watchtower. I, I, I haven't heard that song. I can't. So, <laughs> let's try this over again. And on this day, in 1968, Jimi Hendrix recorded his version of Bob Dylan's song, All Along the Watchtower. Sitting in on the session at Olympic Studios in London, just six months after Dylan's original recording, were Brian Jones from the Rolling Stones and Dave Mason from Traffic. The single, by the Jimi Hendrix experience, peaked at number 20 on the U.S. charts and was ranked 47th in Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time. Well, ain't that some shit, man? Okay. So some shit went down on today. So, again, don't hug rape anybody, but today is National Hug Day. Today's quote, Life is not about expecting, hoping, and wishing. It's about doing, being, and becoming. Fuck yes. That's why I don't say, that's why I tell people don't use the word try. Because trying gives you an out. You're going to make shit happen. Just do it. Don't try, just do it. Like fucking Nike, just fucking do it. And welcome the mistakes, because that's how you fucking learn. Smoke weed every day. Make shit happen. Bow! I cry right in this shit, dog. Trying to make it out Every day like another struggle Another obstacle Another problem Ain't no telling where I'm about to go Ain't no telling what I'm about to do But I don't need you telling me What I need to do Or who I need to be Just let me be free In my chest where my heart beat Been feeling heavy so I can't even say it's empty Dreaming out all my demons coming back to haunt me Lonely or clear, you popped yourself the day they grazed me Rest in peace, green, I'ma stay humble how you raise me Free pops about them gates until he on his two feet I screw shit up when I tore streets over my family I got three siblings, they been Nari and my chick I'ma make it out, this shit is showing what it should be I was on that block when I was 14 Sneaking out that dark to go and get some green Writing that thing down to keep my mind free Use the whole shit in and face some gas needs that pain in me Now I might do a show in Vegas in a fucking week And fuck a hater, shout out to all of my enemies It ain't no way I'ma let these niggas trick me off the streets I done found a way so I can't even much accept the feet Ain't no telling where I'm about to go I just gotta leave my legacy